This episode of Point Shot is brought to you by BenchClears. You can now visit BenchClears.com and use promo code AREA51SENTME to get 10% off on your order. So that is any of their air mesh style tanks and shorts, all of which are NHL officially licensed product. So you can support your team all summer long with Bench Clears. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Point Shot Hockey Podcast. Honestly, it feels like a long time since we last recorded. It's only been a week, but it feels like it's been nine years since the Toronto Maple Leafs were eliminated from the playoffs. Maybe well, that's, that's just me. It's bills because it's Bills and Witness Protection. He's... <laughs> it's been hard to get him. Yeah, <laughs> Look at him. Incognito mode over there. <laughs> Come on, boys. Bill, blink twice if you're being held hostage. Mark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Well, and then, so basically, we've gone from in the last week, Toronto's been eliminated. The Montreal Winnipeg series starts. The Shifley hit happens. The draft lottery happens. The Shifley suspension happens. Like, this is why it feels like it's been so long since I talked to you guys last. <laughs> yeah, it's been a big week. When yeah. was Toronto eliminated? Tuesday? Always. Oh, Every yeah. single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since as soon as the first round started. <laughs> since 1967. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually. I can't remember what I think day it was exactly. On Tuesday, but... Probably. Yeah, it seems yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was a it was a glorious week. Uh, oh, actually, I remember it was Monday because my oh, my it? dad came over and watched the game with me, and we both just sat here on the couch stunned because um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew it was happening after the Gallagher goal, but it's still shocking to see what should have been a juggernaut team collapse. Was that the second goal? That was the very first goal. That was the first one. Okay, yeah. Well, to me again, it was the second one that really was the icing on the cake. The, right. Which and now, of course, why, yeah, 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 the Perry goal. Oh, of course, yeah. I, it, it just felt like it's a Foley goal for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> he but, did yeah, get no, the was, third one. Yeah, yeah, it was a Perry goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, he scored last and, night. So, and there was yeah, just yeah. so little pushback from Toronto, and that's to me what was so surprising. It did not seem like a game seven of a. You could put, you know, be potentially collapsing in the first round yet again. Series that was what was so surprising to me is I, I saw so little, you know, desperation in their play. Um, you know, I'm not endorsing the Shifley by any means, but you know, there's your example of some like clear desperation, wanting to do everything you can to, you know, to win a hockey game. Um, you know, like I didn't see any real emotion other than just sulking from the Leafs. So. Yeah, you know, it's it's been awesome for us uh, to be able to rag on them all week. It's it's certainly probably been the best week of the you know the playoffs or you know a hockey week for Canucks fans in several months. Um, thoroughly enjoyed all the memes, all the jokes. Uh, you know the you know having all the healthcare workers there, so you know they're prepared when they choke. Like that was an absolutely <laughs> beautiful joke, perfectly constructed. Uh, so yeah, no, that's been it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, where where do the Leafs go from here? Because you know, previously, when you lose to Boston, uh, you know, they're perennial powerhouse. We know that better than anyone else, unfortunately. So, you know, it's an excusable, you know, way to go out. When you lose to the Montreal Canadiens that, 
you know, were free falling pretty much at the end of the year before, you know, kind of finally pulling out right at the end of the regular season. Um, wow. You, you have some real, you know, reflecting to do after that one. Uh, that was, that was an absolutely inexcusable loss. And uh, yeah, you know, and they, they're, I, I would be stunned if they just try to status quo it again. Because, uh, you know, again, it's going to be that team now versus, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightnings and, you know, the Floridas and the, uh, you know, uh, Boston's again. Yeah. But, yeah, they go right back to that very difficult division again. Uh, so, you know, hey, Godspeed, Leafs fans. Best of luck to you. I'll be, uh, I'll be watching here. I'll, I'm just going to make some popcorn. <laughs> There's a couple of points that I really <laughs> enjoyed over the last week. So I have a friend that's a Habs fan. And uh, he he messaged me this homemade stat of his that of healthcare workers and winning percentages. So like, if your team allows healthcare workers in the building to watch the games, those teams always lose. The Habs huh. didn't invite ha- healthcare workers into the building for Game Six. Win the game, go back to Toronto. Healthcare workers they lose. They go to Winnipeg. Both games, healthcare workers. Uh, and they and they win, huh? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so well, it's like over three, yeah, over yeah, three with healthcare workers in the building. One and zero with just fans in the building. Okay. The I was gonna say, yeah, just fans too. That's a, I I got nothing on that. I so, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it was just such a coincidental, funny stat that I, I love that he compiled that. Um, I mean, like, what do you guys think they? they go from here because for the past few years the discourse around the team has been you know no killer instinct and that showed up again right but last offseason they added veteran guys quote-unquote and simmons thornton uh bogosian and it's the same story right and like the thing that some people might not realize is that everyone always thinks that the leaves are a bad defensive team and they know like um they're not super elite, but they were seventh in the league this season in goals against. So you can't just point to the defense again. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm honestly not sure where where to go for them. What do you guys think? It's it's not like you can point to one thing and be like, oh, if they only had this one ingredient, you know, that they would be having all this success. But it does seem like they their goaltending struggles in the playoffs. And, you know, Campbell, unfortunately, you know, he certainly took it hard and, you know, like uh, the, the hate that he got individually is certainly not at all excusable. Uh, but, he, you know, that again, that second goal, you have to have that one. And you can clearly see the team's reaction to it that, you know, that, like to me, that was, you know, that was the end of the game, similar to, of course, reliving our King 2011 run right now. Uh, you know, that Bergeron shorthanded goal in game seven. Uh, you know, I, I don't know it's if the Canucks, inevitable. Yeah, Stop. yeah, the, the Canucks Stop, just man. were, you know, skating circles on the ice for the rest of the, the, the clock there. The, the game was over after that goal. Uh, and that's what that, what that one felt like to me, too. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, they do have some defensive lapses. And, you know, yeah, sure, they can make that work in, in the regular season. But in the playoffs, those things are over scrutinized or, you know, magnified. And unfortunately, when you look at their cap allocation, so much of it is to that, you know, top four players. Uh, other than Morgan Riley, you know, I, Brody's a decent player, but obviously, again, you know, Calgary decided that he was, you know, the, uh, you know they were going to let him walk and, you know, get Tanev as an upgrade. Um, Which is know, crazy. <laughs> Justin Hall or whatever, who's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, barely a rookie in his first year, but he's, you know, 28 years old. Like there's there's not a lot of good defenders on that team, so you know of course uh, like to me they would be or should be one of the teams looking at a Seth Jones. Um, of course, you know the the rumored trade of a you know a Marner or a Nylander, uh to Carolina for one of their defensemen that you know has gone back years and years. To me, like if, if I'm you know Dubas, I'm sitting there going like I sh- you know should have made that trade for Jacob Slavin you know three four years ago. Um, I, you know, I, I would, I, I just don't think you can allocate as much cap as they have, uh, you know, to the top, you know, their top four forwards, uh, in, in this league, of course, you know, Anderson's coming off the books or are they just going to go straight up with Jack Campbell? Uh, you know, 
had one good year, but that's, you know, to me, a lot of faith in, in that one position, uh, you know, that's so important, you know, for, uh, for a deep playoff run. So, yeah, like, you know, and of course, who you want to trade is John Tavares. Uh, but of course, you couldn't because he's got the full ironclad no move. And I, I have no doubt that he, of course, would not waive that uh, no trade clause, especially to go to someone like Carolina. So uh, and after he gave a hometown discount to Toronto, like totally. 11 mil, but he still gave a discount yeah. to go there. Nylander at 6.6 is too good value to trade him. And of course, you're not trading Austin Matthew, so that leaves you with one last guy. Uh, so, you know, yeah, like that, that's what I do if I was the Leafs, honestly. I'm a bit of a contrarian to that, actually. Um, what I think went wrong in Toronto was they were kind of bullied off of their plan. Their plan originally was to just inject a bunch of skill into the lineup. And then they were called soft. Uh, they needed veteran leadership, all that type of stuff. And they went out and got the Joe Thorntons, the Wayne Simmons, the uh, Zach Bogosians, who, um, who really didn't add hardly any value to this team. Like, let's be honest here. When the playoffs came, did you notice Wayne Simmons? No. Zach Bogosian? Spezza, I did. Spezza was Spezza, awesome. Right? Yeah. But he's also, like, I put him kind of in a skill category. I would say even oh, Joe Thornton's in there too. Right? I, see. Like I, would, I see what you mean, yeah. I don't mind Joe Thornton. I don't mind Spezza, but, like, I, I found Simmons, uh, Felino, um, Bogosian, all kind of redundant. To be honest. Well, the Felino one, that's indefensible to trade up first for, for Felino. I, I still don't understand that one. So, you know, no arguments there. But the other guys are on, you know, what, 750K or, you know, 950K deals? Which is on, fine you know, if you're not. On one-year deals? I, yeah. I take those all day. I, those are exactly the kind of things I hope the Canucks do. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the, the Leafs had tried just doing the skill thing, you know, with the Kapanen and Anderson and, you know, all those other guys that they had and, you know, traded away the last couple of years. It didn't work, uh, you know, especially against a heavier team like, you know, Boston. Like, you know, again, <laughs> you know, what, remember what the Leafs are really trying to do is not just get out of the first round. They're trying to win a cup. So they're going to still have to get by the Bostons and, and all those teams eventually, too, if they, you know, have any expectation of actually winning. Oh, so totally. I, but you I, can I find just don't players think you can, can win both. that with, right? Like sure. there are players that. But their top end guys don't do both. Like I, exactly. I think I, I don't know if it was you know I think it was maybe two nights ago. Bieksa was uh, profiling Kucherov and how gritty a player he really is, mm -hmm. going to the dirty areas, all that kind of. I, I never see any of that from you know Toronto's big four. Which is why I think like that's the type of player they need to identify and go after. They need totally. players like. Pod Colson, uh, Kucherov, like the, the Ovechkin, like these guys that can score and can take some of the offensive stress off of. But that you need to move four. Warner to do that. I I, I don't How necessarily else are you agree. A player of that caliber, you don't need to go get like the big flashy name. I I think there's you know if you go get like a Mikhail Granlund on free agency, um, you know I think there's there's players like that available. I don't think Mikhail Granlund is moving the needle. <laughs> For, for a third line um, center, I, I don't mind. Look, him. I, I think Kerfoot played excellent. He's not a natural If center Kerfoot's your fourth line center now, or he's probably gone in, in expansion, let's be honest here, right? Like Kerfoot's okay. probably gone in expansion. The so, thing is, they have that guy in Zach Hyman, right? But, but he, what is he going to command? Not, right? Like coming back. Exactly. Is Hyman now a $5 million player? I don't think so. Apparently, he's a $4 million he's guy. Get, though. That's what he's going to get. Well, he can go get that somewhere it, else but... in, my, in my mind. Because yeah. if I'm them and I've got six mil coming off the books in Campbell, I go get a, a cheap, like a Marazic or somebody for like two, two and a half mil. So now you've got three and a half to four million extra right there. Then if you let Hyman go, that's another three million, correct? Uh, there's, there's good holes that you can fill. And they've been able to find these players that are cheap. Uh, to come in and, and fill roles the, the 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 funny thing with toronto is like they will never have a problem luring talent in right right they're a destination team uh they're a good team like they're on the verge of contender status or they should be contender status uh and they're in hockey's mecca like their original six team everything that you could want as a free agent except for money is available in toronto and so, like, I don't know, man. Like, to me, 
they they should be all over. They well, they should have all been all over guys like Taylor Hall at the deadline. First off, because Taylor Hall was willing to go to Toronto uh, yeah. if he was going to get an extension. Uh, they went Nick Foligno route instead, which was completely inexcusable. Like that to me was the nail in the coffin for the Toronto Maple Leafs right there. Like they could have added an elite wing option for John Tavares's line or Ma- Matthew's line. And honestly, like look at what he's done in Boston. He's rejuvenated that second line, right? Like uh, uh, to me, they needed more skill with grit rather than just grit. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of Marner because then you got to replace Marner. Like where, where are you finding players of that caliber? You go get a Seth Jones. Again, we didn't think the defense was necessarily the issue. They were seventh best in the league through the regular season. Uh, Campbell was fine. He wasn't actually tested all that much in the playoffs. He just, again, goaltending was kind of shaky, right? When they needed it most. But so they weren't right giving they up have, quality chances. They have $12.5 million in cap for next year. And you want to, you know, so let's just say two and a half for Morazic. So now you're at 10. And of course, you haven't replaced, you know, Zach Hyman or you know any of the defenders or, or any of those UFAs. So I, I'm just saying, I don't see a, you know, sure there are the Wayne Simmons and the Joe Thorntons who are willing to take the you know league minimum deals to go win a cup at the end of their career. And and yes, Toronto will absolutely attract some more of those this year. But you're not attracting the Taylor Hall who's willing to take substantially less like that to, to you know to try to win. He you know he's still got eight million. You know, for one year in Buffalo, uh, you know, unfortunately, you just don't find that. So you, so you need to clear some cap, and and that's as big of their problem is you just can't allocate. You know, do the math for me real quick. You know, like well, and if they lose Kerfoot, forty million dollars or whatever it is to four was players, that, was that twelve with Kerfoot being the expansion pick? Because that'd be uh, like another three and a half, bringing them to like fifteen or sixteen. Okay, so yes, of course that doesn't consider, uh, you know, that's three and a half, uh, you know, for Kerfoot right now. So that'd be another. So essentially, and sixteen and a half million to to fill the role of three players, I think, is essentially like essentially three roles that are going to actually demand cap space, right? Because if you bring they back and Thornton, eight eight forward signed, right? But if you bring back like Thornton and and. Spezza and those guys to minimum deals, which I anticipate they will. Yeah. Then you're going to be looking at like three key positions: Hyman's, Kerfoot's, um, you know, a a a playoff, uh, uh, a a cup contending team will want to have about 15 NHL caliber forwards. Yes, Uh, I don't suggest them go with you know sub sub NHL players. I just. I'm suggesting that there is a way to do it, and Gilman's there. I I honestly fully anticipate well, that again, the best I, way to do I it. I really, I really hope that they uh, don't look up the definition of stupidity or definition definition of insanity because <laughs> just keep hammering away at the exact same thing. Because obviously, again, I endlessly enjoy these first round losses. So I, I know I you view guys them... mentioned this. Oh, sorry. So, um, yeah. They have twelve and a half million, but only fourteen guys signed for next year. Yeah. And I think Malcolm brought up a good point when he said that Tavares is the guy that you actually want to move. I know everyone's up in arms about Marner, but um, Tavares is signed from eleven million until he's thirty-four, I believe. Yeah. And the guy's already not in his prime anymore. He's he's not a point per game player anymore. They and, should never have signed him. And I, yeah. I said this going back to the actual yeah. signing. Like it didn't mm-hmm. make sense for them to reach and go get the the marquee free agent. Yeah. But I mean he's he's the captain. He has a no move move clause, so he's not going anywhere. But that's the well, guy he, you want to move. He's retiring but, a leaf now. Yeah. yeah for sure. Right. <laughs> Uh, my my thing is like I view the Marner thing like Eberly and Edmonton, right? Like you, Edmonton made that playoff run. The Eberly didn't score, right? They had like next to no no production from Eberly. So then they were like, "This guy's a a choke artist. Get him out of here." They chase him and Hall out of there. Uh, they bring in pieces that they thought were of value, you know, uh, which laughably are not. Um, and Eberly goes on to be a very clutch and very solid playoff performer in New York. 
Uh, Taylor Hall goes on to win an MVP award in, in New Jersey before kind of bouncing around and, and now finding his latest home in Boston, and he's performing well in the playoffs. So I view trading Marner like that. Like, to me, that is the warning sign. You do not trade a young core player that is productive that's just cold in the playoffs uh, just for the sake of them being cold in the playoffs. Like, they'll figure it out. I, I understand what you're saying. I think the league perception of Eberlay after that playoff and the league perception of Mitch Marner, you know, right now was very different. <clears throat> that, you know, Eberlay returned Ryan Strom. I, you know, I, I feel pretty confident that I'll, not a lot of people were like, oh, wow, like Ryan Strom, you know, again, you know, we, we've just brought him in. Now we're, we're destined for, for the cop, right? But Where, people are viewing Marner's contract as negative value, and like so, they're looking at him as does I, he actually get I, I, what you I, want? Yeah, I, I'd be stunned if any team is you know. I'm sure there'll be some who argue, oh yeah, you know, it's a, it's a big cap hit, but for the player that you're getting, he's still a great value. I, I don't, I don't, I agree. Yeah, like you know, obviously there'll be some teams who are kind of you know capped out and not able to make the kind of offer, so that'll you know somewhat limit who they're able to trade with. But you know that he's still a spectacular I, player. Like, I, yeah, like as, as much as I'm like hating on the Leafs, I, I don't even know if I could make <laughs> such a disingenuous argument to say that he's got negative trade value due to his contract. That's, that's <laughs> I, I applaud whoever did. Have you yeah. guys seen the stuff that Leafs fans have been saying about Marner? Like it's it's just oh, it's just brutal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like I'm pretty sure they're gonna his dad's being. I don't know, getting like hate emails, you know, being harassed and stuff like, come on guys, that's just whatever. And, and exactly. Like you don't think these guys actually want it, you know, substantially more than you do as a fan. And like as competitive as you are as a fan, you know, part of what's got them to this place is how naturally competitive they are to drive themselves to become, you know, an elite NHL player. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I never get the, the hate for the players. They're, they're okay. out there oh, trying their crazy. best. Yeah, it makes. But sense. you know, again, and, and but I did say, of course, I you know I, I didn't see any pushback, and and that is, but you know, again, the, it's specifically going at players. I think again is a you know to me, there's always what you do and how you do it, and you know, again, going directly to players at any time is completely inexcusable. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Talking about push, like no pushback. Edmonton getting swept by Winnipeg. And of course, like that series was projected to be much, much closer than it evidently became. Uh, McDavid and Drysdale completely drying up. Um, where the hell do you go from here if you're Edmonton? Like, I have to get begin? some credit to Malcolm for picking Winnipeg. I think you were one of the guys that yeah. picked them, right? But not in a sweep. No, no one. No, 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 no. One, no one had the sweep. I don't think. Yeah. I, I certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, it'd be very close, but I gave the edge to Edmonton just for the top end star power. Did it go to uh, three overtimes or two? Hmm? Three OTs or two for the games? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Three in a row. Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty close sweep, but mm-hmm. it was still sure. a sweep. Yeah, I, you know, to me, I, of course, I, this is one of the kind of consistent across sport arguments I have, but. It frustrates me how much people attribute individual, sorry, team success to individual players. Hockey is, and one of the reasons I love hockey so much is it is truly a team sport. No single individual, you know, again, I think no one's going to make the argument against Wayne Gretzky's the greatest, you know, uh, hockey player of all time. Well, Well, then why didn't he win in LA? Why didn't he win in St. Louis? Why didn't he win in New York? Like, do you ever hear those arguments? You know, he had an absolute super team when he was in Edmonton and he was the best player in the world. It's it's it to continue to attribute. Oh, I can't believe the Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs to to individual players to me is just the most asinine argument that people continue to make. And it just doesn't hold any water with me. Of course, again, yes, this is a subtweet about all my arguments about Tom Brady. Um It just it's and that's why I love hockey so much is it's a team game. Even if you are the very best player in the world, which make no mistake, Connor McDavid is the very best player in the world. He is head and shoulders above everyone else. Yes, I'm watching Nathan McKinnon in these playoffs. I do not care. Uh, and but that's it shows you the importance of having 
again, a cohesive team, all the elements. Defense is important as offense. You still need to have a good goaltender. Uh, you know, it's it's not just, you know, oh, hey, these these two, three guys, you, you put them on a team and you win. And, and again, of course, this is also a subtweet at all the Vancouver fans who think, oh, well, we've got Pedersen and Hughes, so just, you know, just put a couple other out. ingredients together and, and we'll, you know, we're going to win a cup. Don't worry about it. Or that 2011 was inevitable because you had good players on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you I mean, give yourself the best chance to win. You have to align you your pieces you to, to give you the best chance to win. But there's, you know, there, there's no such thing as a guaranteed cup. You, you know, if, if there was, we would have won in 2011. So what do you guys think is going to happen with Nuge? I mean, he's, he's in UFA coming off a $6 million deal. He's 28. And he didn't have the greatest season. I mean, I, I think he produced at like a 50, 60 point pace. And he still played with McDavid for most of the year. So I don't think oh, yeah. he's coming back. Uh, I think yeah, he, I would be very stunned. To back, but what do you to me, think? he's going to be the top line center of the Seattle Kraken. Mm. Hmm. I think they'll offer him a, a big money deal, of course, close to home. You know, gets to be the new face of the franchise. And I think, you know, when you're a, a former first overall pick, and then of course you are quickly supplanted by some other guys, you kind of go, "Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind being the guy again." I think he wants to be the guy, or at least a guy. Right now in Edmonton, like you mentioned, who tries at all, McDavid, and nobody even says R and H. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he wants to be in Edmonton. I think, like, yeah. I think it makes sense, right? Like, if you're on the same team as mcdavid and you get to play with him you're gonna relish that opportunity and and think that you're this is going to be uh something where you could either pad your stats or or make yourself look better or just a tremendous opportunity um whatever right but i i kind of like him in seattle actually i like that idea because they're gonna need top six help that's that's kind of the one thing that's really missing uh from uh expansion eligibility for teams is is legitimate top six players rnh is a legitimate top six player i would put him as like a 2c but he is a legit top six so i mean if you're seattle and you're probably going to be hungry and and kind of desperate for that particular position to be filled that's actually a really smart move Mm -hmm. and i I see him like a five mil player right like he's getting six right now but he's producing more like a five. Let's be real. Yeah. yeah young guys eight. don't like taking uh, pay cuts though. So, you know, like part of the reason Pearson <laughs> got what he did is because, you know, he was currently making three, seven, five. Right. So we were only able to talk him into taking 500 K less. Um, I, you know, I, I, I bet the over on 5 million. I'll just oh, say that. Sure. I would agree. I just, that's how I, value him but i would say i would say he gets the same like i i don't see him changing his salary guys always get more than they're worth in ufa no doubt yeah i don't think he's getting less than six but the big swing piece is cleft bomb i don't think we we've had any update on him have we yeah he was missing all uh, so last update that i heard was going into the playoffs that if they stayed in the playoffs long enough that they could get cleft bomb back um well, you know, that's good to hear you never hear you know, like so, about those long-term injuries yeah so i hope that's true like because if that's the case then i mean next year if darnell nurse can keep up his pace clef can keep up his i would assume to see bouchard as a regular nhl player maybe even broberg that's suddenly a really good blue line uh barry had a solid year in in edmonton um suddenly their weakness is no longer that big of a weakness anymore and you're looking at just bottom six depth That's you know I, 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 well, I, I was <laughs> well, yes I, I was gonna say huh then i have a different criticism of edmonton because i've actually thought their defense has been pretty decent for a while now i, I agree me it's the bottom six and then you know having a guy from the retirement home in your in your net uh, or, or again, which clearly I obviously hate for a, a guy, a goalie wearing number 19. Like what the hell is that? Yeah. That's super weird. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as staunch on your, uh, your number critiques, but 
but that is a weird one. I don't Which like that. Completely, completely unacceptable. Yeah. 30, 35, 1, what else? I, I, well, oh, I, I guess you missed me on uh, Josh's podcast, but I, I laid it all out. Number 1, 29 through 41 are goalie numbers. You can't wear anything. Oh, sorry. And exceptions made for 20 for Trocek. That's it? Yeah. That's all? Okay. D- defenseman also limited. You have to you, be number you tell two. You to, played rugby. Yeah, exactly. Number <laughs> number two to two to number nine, and then you can wear double digits. You know, 22, 33, 44, 55, 66, etc. You would have hated me because I wore thirty four on the rugby rugby field, but that's my number. Thirty four is my number. I always wear it. So, so, so you want it to be a third sub prop? <laughs> I was a wing, hey. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> But your number was the, that of a, the third best prop. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey cool. That's Good my number, you. man. That's my number. Uh, that's what I wear. I, third, I, like, why? Like, go tell yeah. me why. Um, so it was basically, it was just my first minor hockey number. I was a goalie um, and I got 34. It was just like a bin of random jerseys and I got 34 and I loved it. And then ever since that was that was the number and i would go mm. out of my way to be 34 i remember being given 24 one season and i was chapped like <laughs> i was so chapped that i got 24 um no is it's it always like, been 34 sequential 3 4 like i, I just I, like i want to know kind why of. like i just you know to me visually it's not like an appealing looking number no it's kind of an ugly number and i love yeah, that. And um it, like <laughs> Yeah, I just love my, you know, when I was 34, that was my best year. Like, you know, no one hears yeah. that. I just, you know, like, and yeah, like Austin Matthews, of course, wore it. And now you're starting to see it a little bit more. But of course, you know, when he came on the scene wearing 34, I'm like, what the hell is this kid doing? Yeah. And I, like now I play forward now, right? Like when I play, yeah. I don't play goal anymore, but I still wear 34. But like the only other number that I, w- I wore before was 14 when I played basketball was I played I wore 14 because it was like the closest thing um 14 seems like a bad basketball number two I'll just be honest yeah I didn't care for it but it was just I I grew up kind of in this small town low budget school and so they had oh yeah number of jerseys and that's what I got (laughs) I I did not but uh we also just had assigned jerseys too (laughs) yeah (laughs) I had choices of like five or six different numbers so 14 it was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know um i mean my birthday is 23 so like that's why my username's 234 is 23 right. and 34 they just are sequential numbers but right um like i, I yeah. love wearing number 27 which is my birthday so i i, I get that one or birthday your birth makes year. sense you know yeah. cross here in 87 mcdavid wearing 97 you know perfectly acceptable you know explanations Oh, and, and Horvat, you know, wearing 53 yeah. for, you know, his uh, goaltending friend. friend. Yeah. yeah. Totally, you know, exceptions, but sometimes, well, like, you know, again, and of course, it's completely one of the, random and existence. one of the ones that bugs yeah. me is uh, Oleo Levy wearing 48. Like, you know, yeah. it just make it just makes him look like a, you know, a training camp player out there. It's true, actually. <laughs> like, he, he wore, he's always worn number four. You know, he wore, like, it's available. Yeah. Why not? Why not go like, hey, you know what? Fresh start, new Oleo Levy, number four legitimately NHL here. defenseman. Not, yeah. I got assigned forty eight six years ago in my first training camp, and I haven't still been able to bust through. I don't know. Like it's to me, it's a psychology thing. Like you have a different confidence when you're wearing a you know a strong number. Blame the jersey number. Could be. Yeah, I mean, I blame, is... blame forty eight on Yoli's ability to develop and turn. There's a hot take for you. Yeah, no doubt. I, I do agree that there's a psychology to the number. Like, if if you got a number that you like, you just you feel better. Like, I yeah. felt like I played better with thirty four, just because I I had the peace of mind knowing that I was my number. You know, if if the ref called thirty four, I knew he was talking to me. Um, I don't know, but. It just, uh, yeah, total psychology. Thing. It's yeah, it's 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 one of it's one of my things. I you know again I can't really explain it, but because I'm not even you know I'm not a math guy. <laughs> but, my best explanation for it is that you you come from a rugby background where numbers are assigned. Um, well, to and, and, and right, so, and that, that definitely that probably factors for sure. Because that's yeah. that's what I think immediately when when I hear your your number rant is yeah is, fair. 
this is a rugby speech for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's entirely possible. Just going back to Edmonton for a sec. Yeah. Did you guys know that Cassian's on a books for three point two million until twenty four? Yes. Did I just like miss that? Somehow I don't know. It, it was that it was long. No, he extent. resigned that contract right after that really good playoff uh, series when they had. Uh, oh God, I, I'm forgetting who they beat, but of course, then they ended up losing to Anaheim mm-hmm. no, in the I, second round. No, I knew that he signed it, but till 24. That's yikes. Yeah. Well, he's not that old, is he? He's 30. So. 30. Oh wow, he's yeah. 30 now, eh? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Bias, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gross to see like players that are younger than you or the, uh, the same age become like veterans or become like old guys i yeah i was not prepared in my life to be talking about players my age being old like i can talk <laughs> about the kids but like well, it's just it's just weird sometimes now when you can remember a guy you know who was drafted and you yes. know and now that he you know he's old it's just like whoa huh like How new does, just my uh, age. Connor Bernard right. make you guys feel, eh? Oh, yeah. Man. Like a fossil. <laughs> what is like he, 15? A... Yeah. Yeah. Is he even 15? <laughs> yeah, he's 15, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's a very young 15 from what I remember. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, that, I feel very old. Like, I'm almost... Well, I'm almost double his age. Malcolm, you're over double his age. Thanks. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> 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 I'll feel better here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to being the young guy on everything that I'm on. Yeah. So it's it's nice. Um, and I don't get to have that because, Bill, you're way younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think that there's a pretty clear path in Edmonton to get better. Um, like, if I'm Edmonton, I'm lining up for Dredger. Chris Dredger. Right, yeah. From Florida. Is right? it Dredger or Dredger? Is it Dredger? I don't know. I'm asking. I would have gone with Sean's, but uh, I also <laughs> am very bad at this. So <laughs> yeah, I might I probably butchered it. I'll be real, but yeah, I I think it's Dreger. I still think it's right. Dominic Lecision. <laughs> yeah. What about what about um? Slater? I'm still proud. I was so close. Coco, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, cuckoo. The other one that gets me is Brady Shea. I don't know how the hell I you know. look at that and get Shea. Yeah, it's spelled like S J, right? S K J E I. Yeah. Like, My favorite like, is the is the Chancellor rapper uh interview with him and he like turns him around. He's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I of course saw the other bit, but I had not seen that part. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's Brady Shane back when he was with the the Ragers, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. so funny. Just like an <laughs> alphabet soup on the back of his jersey. Yeah. I I love that. I, I I get my wife every once in a while. Like if I come across like a a really European name or or something that would be kind of foreign to try to pronounce over here, um, I I get my wife to try to pronounce it. I'm like, I got another name for you. Try to and my favorite, I think, it is Vasilevsky. Um, she called him Vasilvesky, I think. <laughs> um, or like Cuckoo is like. Kyuk kyuk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. Kyuk kyuk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think the path is pretty clear for Edmonton. Like, you, you get a goaltender. There are a, a good, a decent handful of them available. Um, try not to lock them up long term unless it's Dreger, Dreger, whoever. Um, and then the guy who plays for the Panthers who's been pushed out because of contract <laughs> and rookie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, what how much do they regret that? Like, Dreger and Knight would be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, to this day, it still doesn't make any sense to me yeah. why you would literally draft Spencer Knight and then sign Bobrovsky, you know, the very next day, if, if you know, within, within a week. It doesn't make right. any logical sense to me, but I guess that's why Dale Talon is no longer employed. Eh? Was Bob signed exactly. after drafting Knight? Yeah, after. draft drafts first, right? It That's was less than two weeks later. They had, they had, and, and, and like you know, there was nothing but rumors and, <laughs> yeah, uh, I like well, the, the, I don't know if I say this, but whatever. Uh, the, the, the botch uh, event was the night before the draft, 
Right. And uh, and Drancer was there, and of course he was still working with the Panthers. And I'm like, so who are you guys taking? And he's like, oh, didn't you hear? We're taking the goalie. And of course, because of all these rumors, I laughed at it. You know, first I wasn't expecting to actually tell me, and <laughs> and and then I was like, well, you guys are signing Bobrovsky. Why the hell would you reach to take Spencer Knight at you know twelve? And and at the time too, of course, you know, I'm, I'm slowly coming around on this you know goalie thing. But, uh, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, that USHL team is so good. No wonder their goalie looks fantastic. Like, you know, with the, you know, the Cole Caulfield, you know, there's that just unreal, you know, American team. I'm like, well, you know, no wonder he doesn't let in any goals. The other team probably doesn't have the puck at any point in the game. <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't agree with, you know, selecting Knight there. You know, Pierce, I was wrong about that. But, yeah, like that, that was Wait, inexplicable. Hold on. You've got to talk more about this event. When did you get a chance to meet Drance face to face? Oh, he went to school with Drance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. in the really? sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. you guys go way back. It was huh? even earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're long time buddies. <laughs> it, uh, Malcolm, I believe Sam even you guys all knew each other for eons. Hey? Well, like, well, funnily enough, of course, you know, because Sam has a photographic memory. She remembers debating Tom uh, in high school, uh, but I, like, <laughs> I, you know, we, we didn't know Sam, uh, you know, until Jeff went to uh, university and or, uh, you know law, law school in first year in like twenty nine, you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Oh wow! So yeah, just you know, coincidence that they happen to debate each other, but you know. Good debaters find each other, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and they found each other again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, that's, no, yeah. They go, yeah, they go way back. <laughs> yeah, Tom messaged me when Sam started blowing up on Twitter. He's like, is that just wife? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. One kind of last team in the North to do a, a where do you go from here before jumping into some draft talk here after the, the well, and some Shifley talk, maybe, um, if we have time. If you're the Calgary Flames, and of course you were eliminated before the playoffs, and you kind of went all in, yeah, where do you go from here? Like, if, if you're Brad Tree Living, you've fired your coach, what else do you have? I would I would blow it up, and this is not me trolling, you know, Flames fans. I, I would genuinely want them, if I was a Flames fan myself, to blow it up. the The whole structure of the team is a mess. Uh, there's there's no pieces there that you truly like, it, you know, where they are, other than Matthew Kachuk. Um, you know, Goudreau clearly, you know, is not the guy that you want in a dressing room. And you know, is a very one-dimensional player. Uh, Monahan clearly is not a first-line center. He may not even be a, a second-line center. He's probably a, you know a very good third-line center. Uh, you know, Backlund is again not uh, you know middle six NHL center. Um, you know, a- a- Elias Lindholm I like. Um, of course, Hannafin. You know, and Tanev had a great year, but. You know, uh, you know, so, you know, I try to hang on to, you know, Hannafin if you could there. Uh, you know, goaltending is, you know, well, sorry, of course, they've got Markstrom now. Uh, you know, enjoy that, you know, six million for another five years. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, you know, when you're right, you're right. And I feel like I was right about that one. But <laughs> yeah. I won't toot my own horn too much. Uh, but, yeah, best of luck. Uh, you know, like, you know, Calgary – you know, I, I don't know. Is, is Ian Clark's contract technically it's technically expired now, right? I think so. So, so Calgary could be calling him. Like, yeah, but know, they again, also have I, their own goalie department, right? Like, they just hired Jason LaBarbera to kind of head this goaltending department. So, like, they would have to make changes of their own before going to. Well, Ian fair Clark. enough. I, you know, like, of course, I'd go to Ian Clark, make sure you secure the bag, and then, yeah. you know, of course, <laughs> and then make the you know, fire everyone else. I, and, you know, again, I absolutely would do that uh, if I was the Flames. Um, I, it's it's a mess, and you know I, I have a cousin in Calgary, and I've truly enjoyed chirping them all season. Um, so again, I, I hope they stay the course like the Leafs because it's fantastic for me. I think the Flames are the toughest to gauge because I mean they could just run it back 
I don't think they should. I think I'm with Malcolm here. Um, I'd say keep Lindholm. Lindholm and Kachuk are the two that I keep up front. And Montepani. Yeah. And Dubé would Montepani. be my four. Right, yeah. And then on the back end, I'd say probably Hannafin, Anderson. These guys are 24. And, I mean, do you expose Geo in, yes. in the expansion draft? I think I so. Okay. In fact, yeah. if they don't want to take Geo, I would be incentivizing them to take Geo. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, his contract's six point seven five mil, but it ends in um after twenty twenty two. So just two more seasons. But I mean he's thirty seven, so yeah. Not the best deal, obviously. I, yeah, so. I, I would of course I would absolutely be willing to expose uh yeah. him and and, and uh, yeah, I'd be hoping that that's the guy that's selected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you want Seattle to take Geo at this point. And it's and, not and because Seattle, he's a bad player. It's and Seattle very well made. You yeah. know, leader, you know, veteran defenseman, not a not a bad player to have. And of course, you know, short term deal, you know, relative for them. And you know, so the cap hit isn't gonna be you know a huge big deal. And like you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to go to Calgary too and be like, all right, you know, we know what you want us to do here. Uh, you know, we'll do it for uh, you know a second. Or, you know, maybe it won't cost maybe that, maybe a third. Yeah, I agree. Well, and yeah. and you got to think like the, the needs for Seattle are going to be different, right? They're trying to set a culture. They're creating a culture. Geo's a good dude. That's a good he's point. A, he's a good yeah, leader. No. He's a captain in the NHL. Um, I, like, I, I think of like when Vegas grabbed Derek England, right? Like, not exactly the best player, uh, but a great culture guy. Uh, and became a, a true leader in that room. And Geo, I view kind of like that, except a much better player than England, right? Yeah, um, 100%. He, he's just of course, comes player. with a substantially higher cap hit too, but yeah. That too. But uh, like just briefly on Seattle, I like doing the expansion draft, how I would do it, I end up with like 30 million in cap space, right? Like, I, I totally expect that they're going to have enough cap to take advantage of different teams when they want you to, as Tampa Bay, take Tyler Johnson or as Calgary, take Mark Giordano. Like they have tons of cap to do that and, and collect assets. So, um, and it's a flat cap world where everybody's pinched, right? Like this couldn't be a better storm if you're Seattle, in my opinion. I, I was just going to say, you know, I thought everyone, you know, I really think everyone had learned their lesson from Vegas. And I think truly almost every team would have just said, here's our list of we're protecting, take whoever you want. No, we're not trading with you. And then, of course, the flat cap. Uh, because, you know, you know, in defense of Jim Betting, here's me being, here's my positive, we'll timestamp at 4612. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you do give out these horrible, horrible contracts, they are compounded when you expect the cap to go up when it does not. Yeah. So, you know, as brutal as all that contracts, you know, all those contracts are, they look even worse when the cap didn't go up a couple of million. Cause of course, what they're really valued at is their percentage of the cap. Yeah. So, you know, fairly, fairly that is, you know, a, a, a pro for Jim betting that, that, you know, did make it difficult for him, even though it was him who made his own mistakes. That's as, yeah. that's as positive and sunshiny as I can be about that one. But it is a legitimate point. And what it brings us back to, again, is that, yeah, Seattle is going to be able to take advantage of some of these teams who are expecting the cap to be, you know, five, six million dollars higher than it is, you know, going into next season. Um, and, and again, of course, the thing that is going to bug me the most is if Vegas, again, is able to exploit a whole bunch of teams because they don't have a have to have a protected list. And I, I like I could I could understand and get on board with, you know, hey Vegas, they're a new team and so they shouldn't have to protect someone. I think though that there should have been a trade freeze for the Las Vegas Knights during that time so they can't, you know, call and and start trying to take advantage of all these teams who are looking for it cuz again, they are in an incredibly unique position as literally the only team who does not have to protect someone. So even though they're they are cap strapped, they are in a situation where they're going to be uniquely able to take advantage uh, of this expansion draft again. 
Do you know what would be really interesting? I just kind of thought about this because I I do think there's a couple teams that are in that unique position, Vancouver Canucks being one of them, where they just don't have the goods to really warrant being protected. Um, the one good thing about being a shitty team, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No depth to pick from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to lose Spisa and Lind out of this. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty decent. I... The one thing that I kind of wonder about, and I wonder like just how, I guess, legal this would be. I don't think there's any rules against it. If you had a handshake agreement with Vegas and you said, look, I will trade you X player for like a fourth round or like a fifth round draft pick. And then I will give you a fourth back to get them back after the expansion draft. You almost kind of bought yourself a new protective slot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas, it's one me, round up. Yeah. To me, the, the only thing is, you know, a team would see obviously what's happening there, like the team that they're training with, and they'd want a whole lot more than a fourth. Because, you know, essentially what you're doing is you're selling one of your protected spots in that situation. So yeah. I, I I doubt a team does that for anything less than a second. You know, at least that you know to me again. Of course, I'd be aiming for a first, which I I agree. I I just think like that that door is technically open. Yeah, I, you know I don't what see, I mean. I don't know of any rule that would prevent you from doing that. Like to to kind of almost launder your own player through another organization and back. Like we've seen it with cap hits. Why couldn't somebody do it with protective slots? Yeah. I see no. I like. I don't know of a reason. You just uh, have to know going into it that you have a handshake agreement to reacquire that player again. Because, right? Like, if you're Tampa Bay, you're not going to be wanting to trade Eric Cernak to Vegas for a fifth round draft pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, that's uh, and that's to me the only part of that that I you know I would modify is that to me that you know the value of that pick would be much higher. Yeah, which you know making the stakes you know. Not much more real. Yeah, you know, if a, if a team was dumb enough to sell their, you know, an expansion spot for two fourth round picks, then oh yeah, then that's easy. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> easy money. Yeah, no, I think the the return cost would be higher, but the the opportunity is the same, which would be interesting. Yeah. And again, of course, you know, also what's stopping the you know other GM to being like, oh. I, I I don't know. No, no, thanks. I'm going to keep Cernak for the fourth. Exactly. Pay up bigger, actually. Right? That's uh, that's what yeah. I do. I'd, I'd burn we'll that bridge if, if, if you, you know, get him dumb enough for something like a fourth. That's the thing is that the NHL GMs are such an old boys club that they're so scared of hurting yeah, each other's yeah. feelings that I don't see fair, another fair team one. getting another one. Like, yeah. Which is silly to me. Like, if I was in that position, absolutely, I'd be like, thanks for Cernak. <laughs> um. <laughs> and, like, we have seen it. Like, when, you know, Doug Wilson acquired uh, Hoffman from Ottawa and then immediately flipped him back to Florida, like, yeah. for, for more. Like, literally within 24 hours, traded less and, and flipped him for more. And oh. Ottawa didn't want to trade him within division, so that's why they didn't trade him to Florida. And, and, and like, I'm like, okay, look, excellent. Some actual... <laughs> general managing happening in the league. And then, of course, no one ever did it again. Imagine imagine being so desperate not to trade Hoffman within division. Like, yeah. they... <laughs> well, it was it was a petty thing, and it was, you know, also yeah. had to do with the, the Eric Carlson thing, right? So, yeah. but, then, but then again, of course, you're like, oh, well, hey, you know, surely a burned bridge has occurred now between Ottawa and San Jose, right? They, they'd never make another major trade again, No. And then, then they immediately what, do Carlson. months later they do it there. <laughs> <Yeah. first. laughs> so like message yeah. to NHL GMs, you're not burning bridges. If you're being aggressive, you're doing your job. Your job is to take advantage of other teams as best as you can and make your team the best that it can be. I don't yeah. understand like the weird gentleman's agreement that everybody needs to play nice. Like this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, you do what you, it takes to win. Sorry. Yeah. Millions of jobs. I have no are friends the out there if you're not wearing the same uniform. Yeah, you know when you're off the ice, off the you know that's the time to be friends. When you're doing yeah. your job, you're you're in work mode. You shake hands after the series when you eliminate them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, okay, quickly jumping into. Uh, I don't think we have much time to go over Shifley's uh, hit. No, obviously pretty. And that's been, yeah. Um, 
Great Not suspension. Not really though. much. Nice to see, you know, a, a appropriate suspension. I, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of, you know. <laughs> I think Pleasantly sometimes, surprised. no matter what happens, people you know come out and be like, "Oh, it's not enough." But I, you know, <laughs> I even I think even those people are like you know what, no, four games that's a good number. Yeah. Surprising though, I don't think anyone was expecting four games after the four. Bees got two, and then Wilson I was expecting two. Yeah, I was expecting two, and I wanted three. Um, realistically, uh, four. I'm I'm happy as punch. I'm very yeah. pleasantly surprised. So yeah. likely cost Winnipeg the series with that bonehead play. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. two Man. nothing already. I, I have Montreal going past them easily now. Every no, since that hit. Yeah. Of course, you had Montreal being knocked out already. I I've had the <laughs> of course, I, yeah I, I, yeah my north bracket's been perfect so far. In our in our point shot. Has it? Yeah. FYI. Yeah. Oh, you'll, you'll you see me. You'll see me towards the top of that. I don't know if you've noticed. My my uh, my North Division was completely destroyed in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> I had Edmonton, Toronto, second round. <laughs> I think most people did, but I mean, Colorado's got a pretty easy path to the finals now. Yeah. So. Oh no! Well, uh, as they maybe. always did. Yeah. If they get through Vegas here. I- I, I, admittedly, I missed the game last night, which I, of course, regret. Um, but uh, I, I still can't imagine that Vegas uh, is able to get by him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's Colorado easily to the to the final. No problem. Because if this ends up being like Colorado and Montreal, as we assume, that'll be the, the third round. Um, yeah. Like, as much as I really like Montreal's kind of Cinderella story. I really don't see them off. Not a chance. We have yeah. a we have a friend who uh, lives in Montreal, and he's like, "Are, are we going to win the cup this year?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." But be happy <laughs> with with what you've been able to do. So yeah, far. just be thrilled with your run because it's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. This and is it should definitely... only get a little bit better, right? How yeah. many Cinderella stories has Montreal been through over the past decade? Oh, it just seems like every second year. Feels like a few, hey. Like yeah. um, twenty ten, especially against um the Cavs. Twenty eleven should have been. Um, they they were a pretty solid team, and they got beat by Boston. Twenty fourteen, I still think they should have been in the final. Um, yeah, they've had kind of Cinderella stories, and then some bad luck too, right? Um, anyway, so let's jump into the draft. Uh, Buffalo wins the lottery. They had the best odds. Really, there was only one uh, switch. Uh, Seattle bumped Anaheim for second. Anaheim dropped in the third. Otherwise, everything was exactly the same. No movement at all. So that's good news for the Canucks. Um, typically that we fall back. Uh, so they get ninth overall. What are your guys' thoughts on kind of where they sit in the draft lottery and... and uh, a, for the draft looking ahead here, any players that you like that might be there? Well, I think, you know, we can uh, tease. We're going to do a big draft uh, episode preview uh, either this coming week or the one following. So I think Mm -hmm. we'll really get into uh, what we can do there. But, um, you know, nice to see that we didn't fall at least. I think that's, uh, you know, any Canucks team or, you know, any Canucks fan will take uh, just not falling for the very first time ever. Uh, you know, as you kind of have said a, a little bit too, like, you know, it wasn't really the year that you wanted to use up your luck if that, you know, if you subscribe yeah. to that, you know, gambler's fallacy or whatever, uh, that, you know, you, you'd run out if, uh, you know, we won it this time. It seems like, you know, once teams start winning it, they win it more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, of course, I'd still take my, you know, I'd still prefer, of course, to have my choice of, you know, this, you know, second tier because I think it's no secret that I really want Brent Clark. Um, and, and, you know, of course I, I'm skeptical that he does drop all the way down to nine. So, you know, yeah, I, I certainly would have rathered, uh, us jump up or, you know, not get those last three points in those final two games. Uh, you know, to me that just, but, uh, anyways, the top five pick would have been better for sure. I'm, I'm hoping though, you know, uh, betting, because of course my big fear is that we're going to trade this first round pick mm-hmm. is that not moving back and, you know, being in that second tier still 
has, you know, allowed Benning to, or, you know, realize, okay, we're not trading that pick anymore. Had we moved back to 10 or 11, which, you know, I think, you know, many Canucks fans probably expected just as we're so broken, um, you know, then that pick, you know, to me very much would have been in play. And I just, I, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm split. Like everything that I, like I fully believe that Benning's still going to trade this pick and, I, I just obviously really, really do not want him to. So I, uh, oh, me neither. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I can go both ways. We're going to get a very good player at nine. Um, somebody that shouldn't be at nine uh, is going to slide there. Uh, like you just can't, you can't trade that. We need ELC so bad. Like, I, I don't know how to explain that to people that don't get it. We really, really need ELCs. So um, I look forward to doing that draft uh, coverage uh, in the coming week. We have a a really exciting show coming up. Uh, But it was nice talking to you guys again. It feels like it had been forever. It had only been a week. Uh, (laughs) uh, I feel like we could have done like five or six different episodes this week easily. So, um, yeah, we look forward to uh, the rest of the second round here. uh, And then we'll probably be into the third round by the time we talk again here next. Wild. (laughs) Happy weekend, boys. Unbelievable. Enjoy yourselves, everyone. Allow me to introduce Pie Stick Vodka, a new way to celebrate victory. Gather around the glass with an award-winning, ultra-premium Canadian-made vodka. You probably won't listen when I say High Stick Vodka has a smooth, hard-hitting taste, or that it's developed in the birthplace of hockey. You won't listen when I say High Stick Vodka is a tribute to the game of hockey, or when I tell you it's distilled four times using Canada's purest mountain spring water to provide an authentic, remarkable flavor. But maybe you will listen when I say it comes in a f***ing hockey stick. Showcase your passion for hockey with our limited edition hand-blown hockey stick bottle. Whether you're celebrating victory or drinking to defeat, High Stick Vodka is better after every shot. Visit us at HighStickVodka.com. It also comes in this regular bottle. Celebrate victory. Drink responsibly. 